Do you need a turkey to stop smoking? You see, everybody is a non-smoker. That is, at least while they're sleeping. If people did the same while they were awake, they would continue to be non-smokers. Unfortunately, some people do something when they wake up called lighting up. The people who light up are called smokers. The people who don't are called non-smokers. The ease of doing nothing in regard to smoking is so apparent, so patently obvious, that most people miss it altogether. Many smoking cessation programs end up with people still smoking. Or people may take a short break only to return to the practice of smoking. These programs are aimed in the direction of hard work, willpower, and struggle, none of which sound like fun. People usually prefer having fun. Marlo Erickson learned during his years as a psychologist to take a non-standard approach in working with people, one with which flips Freud on his head and presents a view that anyone can use in an easy and simple manner. You can use it to flip yourself and become a permanent non-smoker. Marlow says, One of the first items to examine is the notion of self-mastery. Most people limit themselves unwittingly by assuming that they do not yet have self-mastery. Also, most programs and psychologists focus on gaining self-mastery, as if the person were not already in charge. This view is limiting when compared to the assumption that we are stuck with self-mastery. In other words, there is nobody here except me and nobody in there except you. You run you and I run me. We do not attain to self-mastery since we already have it. This eliminates the struggle for self-mastery. We can go directly to the next step, which is deciding how we want to use our sovereignty and self-mastery positively or negatively. I think it is funny that our self-mastery is so complete that we can use it to pretend that we don't have it. What a curious state of affairs. From this point of view, smoking is clear evidence of self-mastery. Not smoking is clear evidence of self-mastery. Which direction do you want to use your self-mastery for? Reading this and disappearing smoking as an issue is clear evidence of self-mastery. Reading this and continuing your struggle to stop smoking is clear evidence of self-mastery. Going to work is clear evidence of self-mastery. Not going to work is clear evidence of self-mastery. There is nothing else. I don't know if my statement is right or wrong, and it doesn't matter, but I know that this assumption has great utility for a gentle and effective self-management strategy. My thinking is different from what it used to be, and it is different from what most psychologists make up. When I was normal uh, and, a, and a smoker, I used to tell myself that I had to stop smoking. Of course, this was not true. I didn't have to stop smoking. I used to tell myself that I wished I could stop smoking, but couldn't. This wasn't the case except when I believed it. I used to attempt scaring myself into stopping smoking, and I simply wanted a few more smokes before I stopped. I used to bribe myself, and that didn't work either. I was unaware 
that I was approaching the situation with self-limiting assumptions about who I was and who was sovereign within me. Before going any further, I would like to share with you some information about my background. I created, appeared an issue or problem with smoking for approximately 20 years. I tried hard to stop from time to time, but only succeeded in failing and discouraging myself. I knew smoking was not good for my health, and yet despite the evidence I continued. I switched to pipes for a while, but when my suit jacket pockets began to look like saddlebags, I got dirty looks from people who asked if I was smoking rubber bands. I went back to cigarettes. On occasion, I also switched to cigars. However, I smoked them more like cigarettes than cigars. In other words, I inhaled them, and I smoked a lot of them. Then I would return to smoking cigarettes, approximately two packs a day. I became thoroughly discouraged about my lack of willpower since I thought I couldn't make myself accomplish a simple thing like stopping smoking. Well, wonder of wonders. Approximately 16 years ago, I disappeared smoking as an issue. Now I smoke during one week of a year. Every year, about the end of June and beginning of July, I smoke about a carton of cool filter kings in approximately one week. Then I don't smoke until the following June. Mentally, smokers seem to believe that they can't stop. They believe that they are helpless victims of their habit. Of course, their behavior has to substantiate, support, or conform to their belief. In other words, if they believe they can't stop, then this becomes true. They can't stop at least with that belief system in operation. What I make up, I believe that I can stop smoking for 51 weeks each year, easily and simply, is also true, at least for me. As a result, my behavior in regard to smoking has to follow my belief system. Now that we are talking about belief system, I want to point out that belief systems are made up. We make them up. They are simply a bunch of words. At least that is what I say to myself when I make them up. What do you make up about that? <laughs> As a result of what I have made up, I feel totally in charge of myself in regard to smoking. I believe I can smoke only one week out of 52, and then I do it. What I would like to point out is that even at this moment, you are making up your own reactions, your own beliefs about what I have written. At this point, you may be making up an ineffective belief in terms of helping you join the ranks of the non-smokers. Or stated in reverse, you may be extremely effective in terms of making up a belief which you use to continue your smoking. Since belief systems are simply composed of words, and you are the only one inside your skin, you are free to make up whatever you want to believe now. This is true even if this belief is different from what you made up yesterday or the day before. After all, who could stop you from making up your belief system when you want? You are in charge of that for you. As you can see, we are venturing into the belief system about belief systems, although that is also a belief system. Each individual makes up his or her own belief. Hence, all belief systems are subject to each individual's sovereignty. In regard to smoking, I began to look at it differently. 
I remembered that I had absolutely no difficulty in smoking. I had no difficulty in stopping smoking. If I smoked 40 cigarettes a day, I stopped smoking 40 times a day. With ease and simplicity, I just dubbed out the butt. But you may say, you didn't really stop. Well, I did, because when I am not smoking, I am not smoking. On the other hand, you are right, because I did not stay stopped. I later lit up again. So, I made up that the issue was not stopping. Rather, it was lighting up. I had suddenly made up what is called a realization. Stopping smoking was not the issue, since it was so easy and simple to do. Instead, the issue was about lighting up, which turns out to be easy and simple also. I made up a rather fundamental realization or belief when I saw that if I never lit up again, I would never smoke again. Utter simplicity. I just hadn't made it up that way before. Now, the next thought that I made up was that when I looked at not lighting up, I could call that doing nothing or doing no thing, if you prefer. This is a very the very essence of simplicity, doing nothing or no thing in regard to smoking. To expand on this, I would like to share three other realizations that I made up. First was the realization that I had never smoked without using these things that we call hands. Second was the realization that these things we call hands were directly connected to me by way of things we call arms. Third was the realization that together these appendages did exactly what I told them to do. In other words, I am in charge of my hands, just as surely as a car is steered by the driver. So then, if I am in command and I didn't tell my hands to do anything, they wouldn't. In fact, they couldn't. Instead, they would be idle, awaiting my next command. Another way of describing this situation is doing nothing or no thing. And if my hands and arms stayed in that position, idle or doing nothing for the rest of my life, it would be obvious that I would never smoke again. On the other hand, uh, no pun intended, if my hands never did anything again, this would mean radically limiting my eating, typing, scratching, in fact, all my manual behaviors as well. Since I am in charge of my hands, I make up that I will issue them the commands of combing my hair, putting on my glasses, scratching my ear, feeding my face, etc. As you can readily see in a computer analogy, I am going to design a program with 9,788, or whatever number suits you, commands that I want my hands to accomplish. But the key here is that I am simply going to leave out one command. That is lighting up. That sounds pretty simple, doesn't it? In fact, it sounds too simple for most people's belief system about ease and simplicity. Most people in this culture, if they are normal, are somewhat distrustful and skeptical about ease and simplicity. It simply doesn't fit into the puritanical norms that have been left over from our founding fathers and mothers. Can you believe that people will not accept a useful belief system just because they believe it was too easy? I'll bet you can't believe that. 
Or can you? Anyway, in either case, it's up to you. Or better said, you yourself are up to you. Your behavior, smoking, can be seen as the printout, the result of your program, your belief system. From this vantage point, it is fairly obvious that one quick and easy way to change behavior is to play around with your present programs or belief systems. Notice that I say play around with rather than work hard to change them. Since belief systems are just a collection of words, we can make up any collection of words we want to describe them, can't we? What are words that you make up in response to that question? At this point, many of you will respond with the words, that's easier said than done. Frankly, I'm not sure just what that response is supposed to mean. What I do know is that many people use that sentence to dismiss a potentially useful belief system. They believe they have no choice other than to struggle and strain if they want to implement personal change. Yet, they are exercising their choice when they choose to dismiss a potentially useful belief system with the sentence, that's easier said than done. In addition, they tend to review previous failures in their attempts to change. This review usually results in their further reinforcing their belief system about belief systems. Why not look at it another way? Flip Freud and the Puritans on their heads. When it comes to doing nothing, what actually could be easier? Since you are the operator of you, there is nobody in there except you. Who could stop you from doing nothing regarding smoking? Think about that. What could be easier than doing nothing or no thing? At this point, many people will make up a series of so-called normal reactions called yes, but. For example, yes, but what about withdrawal? Or, yes, but what about physical symptoms? Or, yes, but what about the habit? Or, even better, yes, but what about the urge? Returning to Marlo Erickson, normal puritanically oriented folks are going to focus on the difficulty of enduring the physical symptoms with what are called withdrawal. They have a belief system that says change is really tough or put more succinctly, no pain, no gain. If you believe this, you are likely to tense up and get ready for the inevitable struggle. What is funny is that the more you tense up, the more you are likely to create what is called the urge to smoke. This is because you have developed a belief or pattern of using smoking as a way to ease tension. Let's examine that belief system when we assault our lungs with smoke. What is amazing is that if we say or believe that smoking is relaxing, it is. And it is true. It really is. I know it's true because I used to make it up that way myself. If that isn't an exquisite demonstration of our control over our own belief system and our own behavior, I don't know what is. Let me offer an alternative. What if we labeled withdrawal as something else. Wouldn't that change our experience? Certainly if we believed it, it would. So here is one analogy. On many occasions I have been seated with one leg under me. Occasionally I will sit that way long enough 
so that my leg goes to sleep. When I begin to stand up, I am very aware that my leg is asleep because I experience pins and needles in my leg, and I don't trust putting my full weight on it. In just a few minutes, my leg is fully awake, and I will walk off without any undesirable consequences. What if we played around with the reactions we experience when we stop ingesting nicotine, tar, etc., and viewed all those changes in our body as pins and needles, or symptoms of our body waking up? Every time we experience some kind of twinge or odd sensation, we could simply say, oh good, my body is waking up. If we did that for three or four days, instead of the three or four minutes needed for a leg to wake up, then we could feel very positive about our body sending us reassuring signals that it is waking up. And once again, who could stop us from making it up that way? Remember, we are the only ones inside us. So yes, there are physical symptoms, feedback, much like when our leg wakes up.